Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring vocalist Joe Stafford, Stan Freeberg, comedian Henry Morgan with his complete cast, plus the ever-popular Art Linkletter and the Kids. Now, here's Miss Joe Stafford. After being out late Walking my baby back home Arm in arm Over meadow and farm Walking my baby back home We go along Harmonizing the song Or I'm reciting a poem Owls go by And they give us the eye Walking my baby back home they stop for a while, he gives her a smile. I snuggle my head to his chest. They start in a pair, and that's when I get my powder all over his vest. After I kind of straighten his tie, he has to borrow my comb. One kiss, then I continue again, walking my baby back home. Boy, but it sure gets late Walking my baby back home Wonderful date And everything's great Walking my baby back home Then we stop for a while Cause we've the address We walk back for a mile Ooh, brother, that boy's a mess Continue again Walking my baby back home Hear them talking We call it Walking my baby back home Henry Morgan has presented some of the greatest parodies of all on his radio show. Sometime back, we presented his interpretation of the discovery of time. Now, once again, science marches on as Henry Morgan and his entire cast present the discovery of water. As a public service, we present another in the series... The March of Science. March of Science, a tribute to the great scientific discoveries which have benefited mankind. Tonight, we bring you the discovery of water. Water. Without it, ships would have to use the Lincoln Highway. Water. Without it, fish would be chipmunks. Today, water is found in many places. On the seas, in the ocean, on the brain... Water. 
Now, people with fountain pens have something to write under. <laughs> but what of the time before water was discovered? How was water discovered? What genius of mankind first saw its great possibilities? It was the year 1624. Two years after the discovery of dirt. It's a small town in the American colony of Connecticut. A young idealistic inventor, Daniel, 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 has been perfecting a new material which he calls soap. There's no use for it because there's nothing practical to dissolve it in. Why, the people call it Daniel's folly. People scoffed. One man said... It'll never get off the ground. <laughs> One day, Daniel Daniel left his home to show his friend his latest piece of soap, which he's named after his girlfriend, P&G. <laughs> he crosses the road, and he knocks at the door of his friend, Timothy Berry. Ah, come in, Daniel Daniel, come in. Hello, Berry. Where's your wife? Oh, she's upstairs bathing in the bathtub. Bathing, eh? What did she fill the bathtub with? What did she fill the bathtub with? Same as usual. Ketchup. <laughs> I have an idea that someday people will not have to bathe in ketchup. Ah, <laughs> you and your wild dreams. And I suppose you brought another piece of that soap of yours. Yes, I did. Wait, I haven't got it. I must have dropped it outside. I'll go get it. Don't go out, it's raining. I'll be just a second. Give me my hat, Barry. Barry, Barry, my soap is dissolving. Do you hear me? Say that again. Do you hear me? No, the other part. <laughs> my soap is dissolving. I caught some of that liquid in my hat. Look in the hat. Can you make anything out of it? Let me see. A D A M. <laughs> That's where I bought it. Put your hand in it. Very well. <gasps> Good heavens, Daniel. Wet stuff. Yes, and Barry, it ain't ketchup. You mean... Yes, your wife can bathe in it. Oh, ridiculous, Daniel. She'll never fit in your hat. <laughs> Barry, it's what I've been looking for. I shall call this wet stuff rock. Oh, no, 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 Daniel. We've already got rock, remember? That's the hard stuff. Oh, yes. All right, then. I'll name it after myself. I'll call it Daniel. Impossible, Daniel. Now, how could I possibly say to my wife, take the garden hose away from Junior? He's squirting Daniel all over the house. That's an excellent point, Barry. Yes. Say, why don't you name it after this town? It'll make Connecticut famous. Very well. I shall call it water, Barry. <laughs> Since that momentous day, water has become widely known and widely used by everyone except children between the ages of five and six. <laughs> it's used in navigation from the biggest ship to a canoe. It helps people get places. John, please don't. You'll tip the canoe. <laughs> 
In New York State, a man found his greatest ambition realized because of water. I knew there was a reason this thing wouldn't budge before. But now that you've got it stuck in water, I'm sure it'll go, Mr. Fulton. Water is used in cooking. Here is a man eating cornmeal before water is added. Fui, this stuff tastes like sand. After water is added. Fui, this stuff tastes like water. <laughs> and as Daniel, Daniel, Daniel had predicted, his discovery made it possible for every home to have hot water. Listen to this man getting into his bathtub. Ah. Oh! Water has become so important in our lives that today many people cannot do without it. And science is beginning to see new horizons for water. Here in our studio tonight is Professor Maxwell von Morgan of the Arizona Institute for Water. <laughs> Professor, what is the scientific term for water? A scientific, ter uh, 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 scientific term is uh, H2O. <laughs> uh, can you explain this for the average layman? Sure, I, I explain. Uh, H2O is really uh, uh, two H's and one O. I see, Professor von Morgan. Yes. Uh, now, Professor, has science any new plans for water? Uh, yeah, we, we are experimenting on... Uh, uh, we are eliminating water's most annoying quality. Oh? What is that? Uh, wetness. <laughs> it, if we figure if we can dry up water... Uh, Pie George, we have something there. <laughs> or to put it more scientific, nothing. Now, uh, to sum up, Professor, would you say that the uses of water have been exhausted? Well, uh, 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 no, no. <laughs> then, uh, what would you say? I would say that the uses of water have not been exhausted. <laughs> Thank you, Professor. Science, marches on. Stan Freeberg has made monumental strides as a comedian and as an advertising executive. He began his career over 25 years ago, and to my knowledge, the first coast-to-coast -coast radio program on which he appeared was the Henry Morgan Show. Here's Mr. Morgan to introduce him. Here's a really strange item. It says, musician named Stanley Freeberg gives peculiar concerts.
Morgan also did a sketch on one of his programs which let listeners in on the inside of radio. The sketch is entitled, Real Life in Radio. You know, some time ago on this program, we did a thing in which we showed the way things happen in real life and the way they happen in the movies. So, it was a sort of a failure. So tonight, in response to numerous requests from the same listener, me, <laughs> we... We'd like to do the same thing a different way. We'll show you how uh, differently things happen in real life and in radio. Uh, Henry, I suppose in radio, life is a little exaggerated. Oh, just a wee, just a wee. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when you talk about radio and real life, it's two entirely different ways of living. Uh, for instance, there are two ways in which a detective will react to the report of a murder. Now, in real life, he, he probably reacts like this. 54th Precinct Headquarters, Sergeant Bourne speaking. Yeah. Oh, dead, huh? Okay. Murphy, guy's just been shot, corner 23rd and 8th. You better get down there. You say he was shot, huh? Then there'll be blood. That's right. <laughs> yeah. In a radio mystery story, a report of a murder goes something like this. It was one of those slow, hot nights in July, and I was sitting around my private office with my private secretary, putting private drops in my private eye. <laughs> My secretary answered it. Hello? <laughs> it's for you. Well, I could tell it was trouble. I strapped on my holster, took a slug of whiskey, and grabbed up my secretary. She grew limp in my arms. She was always growing limp in my arms. My arms are just covered with limp. <laughs> Actually, I got sore. I crushed her against me and there was a slight cry of pain. It came from me. <laughs> I pulled my hat down and crushed her lips against my elbow. I was ready. I turned to my secretary. I spoke. I said, uh, you say there's a murder? Uh, you say there's a corpse? Uh, who is it? <laughs> You, you blabbermouth. Well, I suppose you know there are two ways to ask a simple question. Now, in real life, a man asks a simple question like this. Uh, honey, I'm doing this puzzle. What's the capital of New York? Albany. Thanks. But on the radio, a man asks the same woman that same question, and it goes like this. Now, madam, what is your name? Gussie. Gussie Bancroft. All right, Gussie. May I call you Gussie? No. All... All righty, Gussie. Now look sharp. 
Okay, here we go. Watch it now. Listen, here's the question. Okay, Mrs. Bancroft, put on your thinking cap. Here it comes. Give her a chance, folks. Ready? All righty, this is it. No coaching. Here comes the question. Okay, here we go. Quiet, please. Listen carefully. All righty, and your question is... What is the capital of New York? Uh, no. That's What's it, it, that's it. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Come on now. Uh, come on. Oh, buh, Oh, oh, buh, <laughs> Oh, you're so close. You're so close. Oh, buh, And you know the last part. I'll give you a hint. Now, when you were a baby, you crawled on your hands and what? Oh, oh, buh, what? <laughs> So close, you're so close. I could get down on my knee, knee, all but, all but. Now then, what is the capital of New York? I don't know. That's close enough. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> you uh... Well, thanks anyway. <laughs> and I know you probably know by now there are two ways in which a wife tells her husband that she needs an operation. Now, this is the way she tells him in real life. Sam, I was by the doctor today. He said I need another operation. Yeah, what's for supper? <laughs> but in a radio dramatization, the way a woman tells her husband she needs an operation goes something like this. George, I started to tell you yesterday, but... But what? George, I... Yes? I've just come from Dr. Malloy's. You? Yes. We're at Dr... Malloy's. Kitty. Yes? Was he... In? Who? <laughs> Doctor... Malloy? Tomorrow, same time, same station. <laughs> and <clears throat> I beg your pardon, I got so incredible. <laughs> and naturally, there are two entirely different ways of introducing people, especially one person. Now, in real life, you're going to introduce somebody, you introduce them like this. Uh, Mr. Willoughby, I'd like you to meet Henry Morgan. Hi. Hi. But in radio, you introduce somebody like this. Ladies and gentlemen, Henry Morgan. Good night.
Art Linkletter has been around for a lot of years, and deservedly so. His radio and television shows have always been tops, especially his interviews with the kids. You know, kids can say the most embarrassing things, especially at the wrong time. And being on the radio is certainly the wrong time. What's your name, little girl? And how old are you, Barbara? Six and three quarters. Oh, my goodness. Six and three quarters. You have it right down to a nickel. Teacher tells me that on the way here in the big limousine, you're talking about operations. Now, you're too young a girl to have operations. That's what old ladies talk about. Is that right? How many have you had? I don't know how many I have had. Well, what are some of them, for instance? Then my tonsils out, my aneurysm out. I was circumcised. I had a Mulburn doctor. <laughs> Your daddy's a what? Engineer. An engineer. And um, uh, what does your mother do? Well. <laughs> You've lived richly. There's no doubt about that. Uh, what are you? What are you going to be when you grow up? Um. A singer. Are your parents here in the audience today? One of them. One of them. Just wondered who that was that went up through the ceiling. <laughs> They're probably in Glendale by now. And here's another embarrassing moment. What did your dad and mother do? Well, my mom's a wa- housewife. My dad uh, is a setup man at Adele. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, what do you think you'll be? An acrobat. With a circus? Yeah. Why'd you decide on that? Well... If I was an acrobat in a circus, then I could marry the uh, uh, owner if she was a lady, and then I could uh, have a job all the time. Very clever. And if it's a man, you move to another circus. What did your mother tell you not to say? I know they always have certain things. Anything special she told you to be careful? That the last thing she said was to go to the toilet at the up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and embarrassing moments from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.